Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2019, our first show of the new calendar year. Great to have you with us on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Kind of a slippery day out there. Had some sleet and snow on the way in early this morning. Got behind a salt truck. That was fun. (laughs) And they were out there working early this morning, so uh, glad they're out there. But don't get behind one if you don't want salt all over your car. But anyway, uh, had a good uh, weekend. Hope you did, too. And uh, Happy New Year again as we welcome in 2019. Got the winter weather advisory up to our north as we begin this uh, new calendar year. Great to have you with us. I'm Brian Barnhart. Adam Austin is our producer today. We're going to start, based on scheduling for everybody, this first hour worked best uh, in the 9 a.m. hour as we start January 2nd. Uh, Tom Bennett and Scott Bennett, same last name, different uh, members of the uh, state legislature. Scott, of course, is from the 52nd District. He is a Democrat, a state senator, and his uh, uncle is uh, Thomas Bennett, Tom Bennett, who is a Republican in the House over in Springfield. So I thought it might be fun. I don't know if they've ever done an interview together. They've been interviewed separately, I think, at times. We'll have them both on today here for this first hour, talk about what's coming up in the legislature, the new governor, what's it like to be family members on different sides of the aisle, how is Mike Madigan to work with, what's he like, do they know him. Uh, If you have any questions for either the state senator, Bennett, or the state representative, Bennett, you can uh, fire those our way at 3569397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357, or you can email us at talk at wdws.com. Those are the ways to reach us. And uh, the second hour today will be open line time. We will do this show tomorrow morning from Bloomington, Indiana. We'll get on the team bus this afternoon, go over to Bloomington, get you ready for Illinois basketball tomorrow night at 6 as they resume Big Ten play against the Indiana Hoosiers. Thanks to Scott Beatty for sitting in this chair on Monday and uh, filling in for me with the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. I'll be with you the rest of this week and uh, on into next week as well, doing some traveling in and around some of the shows here, as we typically do with the basketball season. So uh, glad you're with us today. We'll get it started here with our two Bennetts, one from the State Senate, one from the State House, different sides of the political aisle, but family members... Nonetheless, we'll talk about all of that next with Scott and Tom Bennett as we get it started for a new year here on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, we're on Penny for Your Thoughts here this new year, 2019, January the 2nd. We're glad you're with us. 3569397 is our phone number. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. This, by the way, is the day I began... Uh, full-time in this role on Penny for Your Thoughts, January 2nd of uh, 2018. And here it is, January 22nd of uh, 2019. So good to be with you during this uh, past year. 
And we have a couple of uh, special guests for us today. We found them out there uh, and thought, well, let's put them on the radio, huh? Why not? Uh, <laughs> Scott Bennett's here. Good State morning. Senator, how are you? Happy New Year. Good yeah. to be here. You've never been on Penny before? Never been on Penny. This is a, this really? is a first. This is great. You like the later uh, time slot? This is much nicer than the uh, the coffee-fueled uh, Dave Gentry hour, but uh, uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, and Tom Bennett is here. How hey, are you, Tom? Hey, Brian. Been, uh, very good and glad to be with you today. Yeah, you've not been in the new studio. Huh? No, no, it looks great. Yeah. It looks great. Well, good to have you guys here. You have a good New Year, both of you? We did. Um, yeah. uh, not really eventful. Had a chance to get some things down New Year's Day done, and, and uh, it was it was peaceful and quiet. Got the tree put away, got the lights put away, so mm. yeah, it's all some good things. Yeah. <laughs> Voice you're hearing right there. We'll try to keep everybody straight. And we could have set you on different sides of the, uh, you know, the table here, since you're different different parties, different <laughs> Republican houses, and side. Republican and Democratic side. Well, we won't do that. Uh, but Tom, kind of remind people of how long you've been in the legislature. Sure, your background um, a little bit. I've been in the legislature uh, two years or two terms. Each term has two years, so a total of four years. We'll be starting the third term come January. Uh, January 9th, I believe, is when we get sworn in. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's gone fast, gone fast. Been a lot of good experiences, but we got a lot of work to do. So that's it's all part of it. And your background a little bit. You were a were you a um, teacher? At one I point, was right? Melvin Sibley, yeah. uh, teacher there for uh, six years, and then I worked at uh, State Farm uh, at the main office in Bloomington in IT. So I uh, was mm-hmm. manager there for a number of the years, and it went fast too. But uh, good company, good people, and. Uh, uh, and then this uh, this oppor- opportunity came along, and I really enjoyed that. They, there's a mm-hmm. tremendous opportunity for change. Uh, there, there really is. So uh, glad to be here with you mm-hmm. today. Tom Bennett is with us. Scott Bennett is uh, with us. Now let's get the relationship down. Sure. Scott, you are so, Tom's nephew, right? I'm his nephew. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> we always like to tell people, you know, particularly if you're in Vermilion County, you can't get away from the Bennetts. Because I have, my district <laughs> is true. Danville South. and. Yeah. Tom's is basically north, north Danville, yeah. uh, north. Call him the Walmart area, yeah. I guess. And I'm in the Senate as a Democrat, and he's in the House as a Republican. Yeah. Uh, but then our <laughs> districts uh, are right next to one another. So yeah. it's uh, we've been in since the same amount of time. Yeah. Uh, we both came in uh, in early 15. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a, wow. a really special experience having uh, somebody else in your family going through the same experience. I was going to say, talk about that a little bit, how that works. And people automatically, well, he's a Democrat. He's, He's a Republican. They must not like each other, you know, or whatever. But it's uh, it's family. So yeah. you just and in my family, is. it's not like my uncles. You see at Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's more like an older brother relationship to me, and we talk a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, it when we first got there, it was kind of funny because you know Tom, I know is uh, consistently ranked as one of the more conservative members in the in the state legislature. Uh, I represent a college town, and so I while I try to be moderate on a lot of issues. Um, a lot of my votes tend to be on the more liberal side of the spectrum, and people go, "Did I see you talking to Tom?" And, like they won't necessarily make the connection, right? And then I'm like, "Oh, we're going to dinner tonight. They'll see us around Springfield." Yeah. They're very confused, um, but we're laughing and hugging and showing pictures of yeah. our families and the farm, and um, it, it's a very different experience. But I think it's it's one that kind of reminds you, like it didn't always, it wasn't always this way. It used to be Republicans and Democrats could share a road trip from their district to Springfield together. And now it's like, well, I can't be seen with someone from another party. So it's nice, you know, to have the covers. Oh, it's family. It's a little different. We get a pass on most of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I assume it would be the same, but it might be a different dynamic if you were both in the same, like if you were both in the House or both in the Senate, or would it would it matter, do you think? I mean, it's hypothetical. Well, but. yeah, it's, it's, it, 
I guess we can go with what, what the way it is today. I mean, when Scott mentioned about getting together for birthdays or whatever, and usually we get about 10 minutes, Kathy, my wife, or, or Sheila will say, okay, take about 10, 15 minutes, go off in a side room, do your politics stuff, get that all out of the way, and then we all come back, and it's family. And yeah. there will, will be a time, Brian, I will not be a state representative. But I, I will always have a nephew mm-hmm. by name is Scott, and that's important. So we got to find ways to work together. We don't always agree on things, and that's okay. Yeah. That is okay. We're able to talk about things. Uh, I, I know uh, the issue's important to him. He knows I'm important to me, and we're trying to find the ways to, to work together. In fact, I think uh, typically we, we've tried to find one bill that we work together on. Hmm. Every, uh, every year. Every is year. that right? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. And Scott, your background a little bit. People uh, may remember you <coughs> took over right when Mike Ferrix was right. selected state treasurer. That's right. Before that, I was uh, uh, an assistant state's attorney here in Champaign County. Uh, I was a prosecutor in, in some serious felony cases. And um, the courtroom experience uh, has the drama, which you'll see in politics, but also the experience of talking to a jury um, and, and realizing, like, oh, you guys definitely do not agree with what I'm saying right now. That has been very uh, – that has definitely transferred over to politics when you're doing – Town halls and, and speeches, uh, you kind of got to get a sense of okay. I mean, I'm not making my point clear enough, or it's just uh, you know maybe you don't agree with with that. But um, I, I you know I agree with what 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 Tom said. I think it's it's so important to um, have someone you really respect and like mm-hmm. in the other party because um, it does get to a point where you uh, you know only hear like oh well you know Governor Rauner only wants to do X and you know, the Democrats' view is you know it's not. It's not fiscal responsibility. It's he's mean or he's whatever. And so it's kind of nice to say, well, I know people like that vote with that and that they're not mean. And so you get a chance to sit, you know, without the cameras on and kind of hear the full story, not just kind of the spin. And I think that's been a really helpful thing in, in uh, our short time in Springfield. Yeah. State, state Senator Scott Bennett is with us, a Democrat in the state Senate. Of course, his uncle is Tom Bennett, who is in the state house on the Republican side. Uh, what is the what is the number now? Democrat Republican in the House. I is think on January 9th there will be uh, forty four Republicans. Uh, we lost uh, a net of seven, and so we were being a super minority at that point. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans are already in a super minority in in the in the Senate. So um, it's it's going to be a different world, and we'll see how this goes. We're willing to work with whoever's down there, and that's that'll be fine. But it's going to be a little bit different from from what I understand as I talk with other. Uh, fellow legislators about what it's like not to have a governor uh, in the same party that you're in. I guess the just from a functional standpoint, the biggest difference will be if you're a Republican, right. is if something passed, you knew that the governor might veto it, right. so he was kind of that last. But in this case, right. it's supermajority, supermajority for Democrats, and a governor who is a Democrat. Yes. Right? And I, and I, I yes. was the chair of the Senate Criminal Law Committee, and I yeah. tend to be more moderate on criminal law issues uh, than, than a lot of my Democrat colleagues. And that was always something that, you know, could help moderate the discussion. If you're meeting with a Democratic sponsor and say, I know you want to do this and it's really progressive, but you know the governor's not going to sign it. Can we try to work together with, you know, and, and make this a little bit more moderate? Um, that was very effective. And then, you know, often then the governor would, would not um, get out so upset and w- would not veto it. Now you don't have that. So I think there's a little bit of question how it's going to work when you have right. super majorities in both the Senate and the House and a governor of the same party. Um, it's going to have to be a little more. Okay, but can we afford it? Okay, but you know there has to be some some other other than just whether the governor's going to sign it. Other uh, kind of governors and or checks to see if it'll pass. And, and I think along with that, the the message needs to be the same in a lot of ways. It still needs to be fiscal responsibility. It still needs to be good government. 
um, I guess that's still a phrase from uh, Jim Edgar when he was governor. I, I heard him say that not too long ago. It's the things haven't changed. It's still fiscal responsibility and, and good government for the people of Illinois. And sometimes you got to get away from the party aspect of this and think, you know, we're all Americans. We're all Illinoisans. How do we make this work? And sometimes we've been better at this than other times, I'm afraid. Tom Bennett is with us from the State House, Republican. Uh, Scott Bennett, of course, Democrat State Senate. If you have any questions for our guests, you can certainly send those in. You can email them, talk at WDWS. You can text us, 3515357. That's the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Or you can uh, call us, of course, 356-9397 is the uh, number to call there. The legislature in Illinois gets pounded all the time. I mean, as far as uh, you know, popularity sometimes, sometimes deservedly so. Yeah, well, is it deserved? <laughs> is it is it overhyped? Is it? I mean, is it more functional than we realize? Or I'll let Tom, you can start. I mean, is uh, it? It's the we, we always see the House as the exciting part of the General Assembly. There's Definitely, a, the, more exciting. <laughs> there's a lot of emotion. Um, we we all seen it in the news. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happened here not too long ago, but. Um, I guess people speak their mind in some ways. It's, the filter isn't always there. But uh, there's a lot of interest, and we would try to go and try and move forward on this. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, I, I lost a thought here. I'll come back to that. No, I was going to say, but, Scott, yeah. what are your thoughts yeah. on, you know, is it, does, it, does the legislature get as – does it deserve the rap it gets? Yeah. Here, here's what I, the, what I tell people is that I went expecting all the kind of ne'er-do-wells that we read about, right? And there are some of those people there. Um, but there's a lot of turnover in the last few years. Oh, I mean, gracious. there's something like 30 new faces in the House alone. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know yet kind of how they're going to develop or how they'll fit in, but we have lost a lot of leaders like Chad Hayes in the last few oh, years. Oh, gracious. So, you know, I think that what I have noticed, though, is that people who do this, you, you know, it's they're a lot of time away from your family. They, they stop whatever career you're doing to go there. Um, and you do get yelled at a lot. Uh, so there's, you know, it's not all sunshine in that job. You do it because you want to do something good and because you really care about, about the job. And I don't, I find with few exceptions, that's the people I meet in Springfield. So I, I think there was a time it was more deserved than is now. I think the people there now are there to really try to change some of those things that make us all frustrated as taxpayers and Illinoisans. Um, and I, I myself have been really impressed with how much time and effort legislators put into understanding these issues. Anything else you want to add, Tom? Or um, a lot of the bills that we vote on, about five, six thousand. Well, five, six total, a thousand bills in the General Assembly. I think the House had maybe three or four thousand uh, last last time, and a lot of those votes are like a hundred to five, ninety <laughs> to fifteen, uh, maybe thirty-five to, to whatever that number is. And a lot of those bills you don't necessarily hear in the news i mean all the bills but of course you hear the big ones that really people do line up the parties do line up whether it's budget um social services education you know depending on what the topic is of course um and those are the ones you hear more about but there's there is a a a lot of camaraderie a lot of discussions Uh, i guess one of the recent bills we had regarding medical uh, or the hospitals i believe uh both sides came together and really by working together, we made it a better bill, mm-hmm. and I was glad to, to see that. In fact, I don't know if it was a unanimous vote, but this is a big, big deal uh, with the hospitals and medic- medical assistance, and uh, both sides felt pretty good about that. Yeah, because I think what the you know the media tends to focus on so much is when there's a battle, there's a division. Oh, they're sure. they're going toe to toe drama, and when you pass <laughs> something that is good. And it was a unanimous vote. It's like, okay, well, that's not interesting enough. That's right. <laughs> Nobody's interested yeah. in that. <laughs> no. Although I will say this. You know, Tom mentioned the House is more 
interesting than the Senate. That's certainly true. Uh, some of my local, drama. Some of my local radio stations say, you know, your reps are always sending us clips of them talking on the floor. Why don't you ever do that? I'm like, well, in the Senate, we don't really give as many speeches. Um, and part is only 59 people. You you know your roll call before you call your bill. Yeah. Um, but we always laugh that, you know, in the Senate, in the House, you'll hear, uh, there's a great example of the Clinton power plant bill a few years ago. Oh, and we were sure. all there till like midnight. It was the night, yes. the deadline. And we had to have it pass the House before it came to the Senate. We knew it already had the votes. And so we were just sitting in our chairs waiting for it to come over. It's like 11.30, 11.45. We're getting worried we're going to miss the deadline. And we said, what is taking this so long? They said, they've got 40 more speakers. You know, 35 more people want to speak on the bill. And then That's it passed true. with overwhelming majority. Yeah, like, they just and, wanted and the, to talk. Yeah, they just wanted But there's singing, there's crying. There's, there's a lot more emotive the sound bite, energy right? over yeah. there. I don't yeah. know why it is. And then they come over here and like, you know, boom, this is my bill. Pass it. Uh, or don't, you know. And, and, and so I always find that really – I always tell my interns when they come over, go over there if you want kind of to be entertained. It's a much bigger group, a lot more interesting things going on. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is it, it's it's always so fascinating, just the difference just across the hall. All right, let's take a quick break. We've got Jim up next. We'll uh, have his question. We've got another text or two that have come in. Back after this with Scott Bennett and uh, Tom Bennett. We're back, Penny, for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. We are at 927 here. We're visiting with State Senator Scott Bennett, Democrat, and Representative Tom Bennett, Republican, 106th District. Scott's from the 52nd Senate District. And uh, we've got some emails in. Let's go to a phone call here first. We've got Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Uh, I know Scott. I, I don't know Tom. but uh, Happy New Year, I, Jim. I, yeah, we're... <laughs> We play phone tag. <laughs> I uh, I got a question, well, a comment and a question for both of them. Uh, I watched Dale Ryder here a while back, Senator Ryder. He uh, talked about the uh, marijuana, and uh, he said it's probably going to come up, and I think it will too. Uh, Pritchner has said that he would like to get it legalized. I, uh, uh, with Dale Ryder, he said, uh, and Scott's a prosecutor, a former prosecutor, uh, they, he talked about, uh, prosecuting drug deals, and he said every one of them that he had prosecuted, they started with marijuana, and it's a gateway drug. Now, he said that doesn't mean that everybody that smoked marijuana went into, uh, you know, heavier drugs, but he said from what the ones that he prosecuted, they started with marijuana. Now, my question is, and I want to put both of these gentlemen on the on the spot, without a bunch of filibustering, I would like to know if you guys, if this come up, and Pritzner said, I mean, I don't think we can just uh, uh, sell our soul and get, a, get us out of the brink that we're in. I'm going to ask you guys, would you vote for marijuana or would you vote against it without filibuster? And would you just answer that question, yes or no? Okay. That's my question. All right, well, so thank I'll you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. All right, here we go. Since I'm your, your legislator, Jim, and uh, Happy New Year to you and Gert, uh, I, I will tell you, and I came. I am a former prosecutor. I came late to this issue, uh, but I would vote for it. Uh, and, again, the devil's in the details. you got to pay attention to what it says. Um, but what we have seen in Illinois 
is, you know, we've had medical marijuana for several years. There's two establishments in Champaign-Urbana where you can purchase it now with a basically a doctor's note. Um, and, you know, I've talked to law enforcement. We've tried to keep up with those and see, you know, has this changed anything? Has there been any kind of uh, uptick in crime? Uh, and it has not. Um, and to Dale's point, you know, do most people, they prosecute that involve drugs, they start marijuana. Uh, you know, I don't know. That's, that's kind of a chicken or the egg thing uh, because, you know, certainly um, I think part of that has to do with what's the easiest to get on the street. Uh, and marijuana would be the thing that you would get first. So if you are interested in dabbling in, in, in drugs, that's where you would start. But there's a lot of people that never move on from there. I mean, it would be a little bit like saying, well, we – uh, with retail theft, we should make sure that's like life imprisonment or a really severe um, criminal penalty because a lot of people who move on to really serious theft start out when they're young stealing a bottle of liquor or, or an uh, electronic device or something. So, I mean, I, I don't think you could say, well, just because certain people have started with this, we have to, to um, you know, uh, always rule that out. Um, what we have to do is make sure we're we're doing it uh, in a in a smart way uh, that we're not allowing you know we're we're getting some tax revenue but also not taxing it so high that you allow parallel markets a black market and a and a and a legitimate market to operate in a parallel way. We got to keep it away from kids and we got to keep it away from people that are going to be operating cars, um, basically like like we do with alcohol. So I think there's a way to do it. We should do it smartly and and uh, you know pay attention to it. Uh, but more, most importantly, I think that. The, the people out there, I mean, not every person you talk to, but I think uh, on balance uh, in my district certainly say that they don't think this should uh, this should be something that would be illegal uh, going forward. Okay. Tom? Well, this is an example of, you know, we're family, but this is where we're not agree on things. And if I had to guess, I was thinking Scott would probably be yes with that, and he's probably going to be thinking I'm going to be a no. And that's that's where I'm going to be at on this for right now. I'm, I'm struggling with this. Um, if this is a standing little bill on this, I don't know how I could, can support this. I'd like to wait a little time to see how things take uh, take place in Colorado. We have Washington, state of Washington. We have uh, um, Oregon. They're now working through this. Uh, was it Michigan that just passed this? Ca- I'm trying to think Cali- of what the other states were. California okay. yeah. is just much like Brian's anniversary, yeah. uh, but not related in any way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is also celebrating its one year because it, it, okay. it basically went to it. Yeah. So this is yeah. the first time we're seeing big states like California and New Jersey. Yeah. Um, that have gone to it as well. Go ahead, Tom. No, that's good. So I, I knew there's several several states there. So I, I'm not excited about this at all. Uh, Scott mentioned the law enforcement, and when I talk with our law enforcement, the sheriffs, the uh, the police chiefs, there's a, a concern. I'd say the ones I've talked to, 85 to 90 percent. Not that I've done a, a very scientific survey, but. 85-90% of the folks I've talked to in the law enforcement area, really, they don't see how this is going to help things uh, at all. Uh, when I talk with some folks in the medical world, and I have a, a good friend just down the street, uh, one of the doctors who we have conversations all the time about with marijuana, and he goes, you know, marijuana is 30 times more powerful today than what it was back when I was kids. And it's like, I, I don't know how that's going to help. I understand the, the medical pieces of that. Uh, it's It's helping people, and uh, and that's that's a good thing. We need to be able to do that. But I, I, I don't think we're quite ready for this um, to to do this now. What may happen in Springfield, which happens on occasion, they'll take several of these issues and put them all together in one bill, mm-hmm. and then you got to say, well, okay, you have one vote, you have one yes, and you have one no, and some people call it a Christmas tree bill, and. Mm-hmm. 
when that happens, we'll just have to see what the bill's about. But when it comes to the individual topic, I just I can't support it this time. And the other thing I'm worried about, and Scott did touch on that a little bit, is with the kids. If that becomes legalized, who will start be using that that isn't even thinking about it today? So anyway. Well, I, I guess just to, to respond to that, sure. I, I think that um, Tom's correct. The THC content is much higher. Uh, I haven't seen 30, but, I mean, if a doctor said that, there may be certain I, strains. Yeah. I, I met with a doctor in California that when they still had the medical marijuana. And she – at that point, I was more conservative on the issue. And uh, her whole practice was prescribing marijuana to um, – basically to children uh, that had, obviously, a parental consent. But from anything from uh, epilepsy to autism, I mean, there's a lot of things. And I said, well, here's the problem. Uh, you can't tell me that marijuana has no side effects to, you know, to, to the – especially the children that you're prescribing this to. And she said, well, I agree with that. But compared to the prescription drugs that I'm currently only allowed to, to prescribe them, um, the side effects are much less with marijuana. And the other thing is to remember, it's not, you know, when I think of marijuana, obviously we didn't have a lot of experiences in Gibson City. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it isn't like passing them a joint like you see on the movies. It's typically oils you put in cooking and things like that. So it's more medicinal. So I think more people would use it uh, if, if that's the case. And, and I certainly recognize we have to do it thoughtfully and, and slow like all things. Um, but frankly, I think it's something we've moved now to uh, decriminalize it. You can't go to prison now for marijuana in the state of Illinois. Um, like Tom, I mean, Colorado is hard to really compare Illinois to. It's just much smaller. But now that California and New Jersey have had a little time, I think we could hopefully um, basically steal from them uh, to see what, what worked for them, what did not work for them, and let's try to do it in a thoughtful and, and uh, you know, respectful way. All right, Scott Bennett, Tom Bennett are with us, and we'll come back with more. We've got the news here with Michael Kaiser, and then we'll continue. We'll talk about what is Mike Madigan really like. We'll do that next after this. All right. All right, back on Penny for your thoughts here on this January 2nd. Pleased to have State Senator Scott Bennett, Democrat from the 52nd District. His uncle is Tom Bennett, who's 106th District. That is a little north, right? North, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of different communities there that you serve in the 106th. Yeah. So, There's uh, uh, 65 towns, villages, communities north. Uh, Fort County, um, Woodford County, northwest of Bloomington, Levinson County, Pontiac, uh, Iroquois County, Watsika, and then Hoopston, the northern part again, the Vermillion County. So there's a bunch. A lot of good people up there. Yes, there They're are. Great people. All right. Uh, everybody always talks Mike Madigan. We build him into this mythical figure. Um, tell me about Mike Madigan. Do you, do you know him at all? Do you talk to him ever? What is he really like? Any uh, Tom, you're in the house. I, mean, uh, I am. Uh, I've been there four years, and uh, I have not really had the opportunity to really talk with him very much at all. Uh, I... A call to see if we can make an appointment to talk with him, see if he's available for breakfast, um, for a cup of coffee. And I really hadn't gotten much back. I've been able to meet with every one of the other lieutenants, if I may. Uh, and we've gone out for supper, for a cup of coffee, for breakfast. Um, there was one time five of uh, the state representatives uh, had a chance to meet with one of the, uh, well, Barbara Lynn Curry. Uh, and we just had a wonderful conversation. Uh, but as far as uh, interacting with the, the speaker, um, it's, it's not. It's very, very limited, and uh, of course, the, the idea is he plays chess when everyone else plays checkers in Springfield. And I think there's something to that. Um, he looks at things, he plans things out way in advance in, in some ways, and uh, you, you can see that in the legislation that comes from Springfield, that comes from the House, and 
He, he's very, very thoughtful. So, mm-hmm. and Scott, you're in a different house. <laughs> I'm, a, different I'm in a different chamber. So, I yeah. mean, we're we're literally across the hall, but I have never spoke to him. Hmm. Uh, and maybe that's the new attack ad, Tom. Like, why does Mike Madigan not like the Bennetts? <laughs> I don't know. In those the Bennett caucus. grainy black and white footage as he's walking slow motion. Uh, I, you know, the fact is, you know, obviously. When people will tell me, and you're exactly right, Brian, they've built him into this mythological, yeah, like he's true. all powerful, he can do everything. And I say, well, I'm a committee chair in the Senate. I've never spoke to him. Like, I, there's no strings to pull if you're, you know, you, I don't need him for anything. And so uh, that, I think, always surprises some people that even in a small world, 118 reps, 59 senators, there's a, a lot of people I don't know, and, and he's one. Mm-hmm. The only time, frankly, and maybe it helps to be on the Democratic side of the aisle, my bills don't usually get stuck if you know if i figured out how to way to get him out of the senate there's usually not a problem getting him out of the house and i know a lot of the rank and file members sure. so i always make sure that you know my bill has a good sponsor over there and can get through without getting stuck somewhere the only bill i really had a problem with was a bill i was working on with the attorney general uh, that once it was the last few days of the session, we couldn't get the House to call it. Uh, but luckily, uh, Lisa Madigan was the Attorney General, and of course, that being the Speaker's daughter, uh, I thought she was a good person to call and say, "Can you try to get this bill through?" And it was her. You know, she was one of the ones helping to write it. Mm. So, you know, no, really, I've had no interaction with him. You see him periodically. I mean, the man drives himself around. He's not. I mean, he sits, goes to the restaurants. Yeah. It's a very different impression than I had when I went there, where I kind of figured, pictured kind of a. Um, you know, all powerful person walking around. I mean, he's a very, you know, I mean, he's probably my size yeah. and, and much skinnier. Yeah. Uh, well, but uh, you know, but we're, we're both bigger than he is. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> he doesn't true. eat much, I guess. Yeah. But maybe he's afraid of us. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Maybe that's why he hasn't talked to us. Right, but uh, that, that no, no real contact yeah, for well, the Senate side. In relation to that, a uh, emailer says, "I have two questions. One, do you believe it's healthy for the legislature to vest so much power in the Speaker of the House?" And they. Well, I'll start with this. I I do think any one person who has the power that Speaker Madigan does have impacts everybody uh, in in the state of Illinois. It impacts the ability for me to represent the people in my district. Uh, Every bill goes through the Rules Committee, essentially, and uh, there's five people on the Rules Committee, three Democrats, two Republicans. And basically they they do take uh, direction from Speaker Madigan on which bills that get in in a committee and which ones don't. And that's, you know, there may be great bills, but if there's a reason why he doesn't like it or doesn't want to go through, it's not going to happen. On the same mm-hmm. t- side, if there's bills that might embarrass someone, like the political side of it, we've seen those two, then uh, uh, that there will may happen too. So I do think there's a lot of, of power there. I do have a couple of bills around term limits. I have one term limit bill for everybody, but I also have a term limit bill for leadership in both the House and the Senate. That hasn't gone very far, <laughs> and probably won't for yeah. any time real soon. But and, and look, this that. all comes yeah. down to the rules. I mean, now, a week from today, we'll go to Springfield. We'll get yeah. all the new people who just got elected will get sworn in. Then the families will all leave, and we will immediately. The first thing we will do is pass rules that right. will govern our session. Number one. And yeah. in the Senate, what we have done is, uh, and this is kind of I've I've seen it change even in the short time I've been there. More rank and file people say, "Look, you know, we're not disrespecting our leadership. We know, you know, our, our Senate president is a is a, is an excellent leader. Doesn't mean though that all the power should rest in one person. So we've put a lot of pressure on, um, you know, the Senate president to say, "Hey, we don't want to see bills get stuck. And you know, if we can, if I can convince you know a committee to get it out, I want to see it get out. I don't want to see it you know end up on assignments or one of these places where bills often go to die." 
So that's you know really on. And I won't put this on Tom. It's on the Democrats, which are the supermajority in the House. If they feel like they're you know there's too much control over their bills, they should put pressure on to say, hey, we we want some uh, changes in these rules that will make sure that we um, that I'm representing my district. I mean that's the mm-hmm. thing. Speaker Madigan uh, has a lot of power, but he he's not responsible to anybody in the 52nd district or in. Tom's no, district, no. Uh, he doesn't have to be. Um, so that's why it's so much more important that the people who send to Springfield, you know, may make sure their voice gets heard. Well, it is interesting. This last election, one of the representatives that was elected in, as in the Democratic side uh, said that, that she would not support Mike Madigan for speaker. Now, I'm anxious to see how that evolves and how that turns. Uh, the last couple of folks that have come out in that direction are not back uh, in the gen- in the new 101st General Assembly. But uh, I, I think you're, you're saying, Scott, that there are some discussions, there's probably more discussions behind the scenes, the different caucuses in the House as well. So um, the idea is working together on this to try and find things that work best for the state of Illinois. And I'm, I'm hopeful come January 9th we can start moving forward on some, some new things. I think I said this on Dave Gentry's show a week or so ago. They said, what... What have you learned, I mean, from this kind of budget problems we've had? And I said, well, when I first got there, I think the thought was there's a plan, right? You know, don't worry. The the governor has got us on this collision course, and the legislative leaders have us on a collision course. But at the end, we're all going to be adults, and we're going to figure it out. We're just trying to get the best deal we can get. And then two years go by without a budget, and you say, oh, there is no plan. I mean, there, that, that's the that's what really came out of that was the, you know, you had other leaders kind of rising up in both chambers and saying, well, look, I can't go home again and say, well, what do you want me to do? The speaker and the governor haven't met in a year and a half. Um, if they can't meet, then we need to make sure that a government is still functioning. And uh, I think the fact that a budget got passed largely without leadership in the room um, was a, a huge confidence boost, and hopefully we'll see that going forward. And the other question Robert had, and this would take two, and we only have like 12 minutes left, so you can't probably <laughs> solve this in 12 minutes, but uh, your solutions to the pension underfunding problem, and would appreciate straight, ans- straight answers rather than, Vague platitudes, but um, you got a short elevator speech on that. Well, I, I guess one thing that's being floated around in the House that I've heard of is something similar to what when Jim Edgar was governor, uh, where they basically had the ramp over twenty years or thirty years. I forget the exact, exact amount of years, but part of the problem with with that, uh, as I understand it, was we we didn't follow the plan. And so now we're $130 billion in the whole, just, just the pension piece of it. Uh, and that is something that's being discussed. There, there are pros and cons to that, but I think that's the one that seems to have a lot of discussion. Uh, the Center for Tax and Business, CTBA, is, is pushing that as well. Uh, Ralph Materi has, has mentioned those some things. And so we've had conversations with, with them, with uh, school superintendents, uh, a number of groups that are trying to find a way to get this done. So that seems to be the most popular thing right now, or at least in discussions. Um, but I'm afraid no matter what we do, we need to look at this as an overall broader perspective, the budget, the pensions, the debt. Uh, we need to look at something because we, if we change this piece over here with the pension, which is obviously really critical, it's going to impact the budget and some other things too. The budget, there's only so much money coming in. you got social services. you got education. I forget the percentage that's being used for pensions right now, but it's a chunk, mm-hmm. and it's growing. Yeah, and people, because we were retiring every day almost. Absolutely, you know I mean? and people are leaving, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, you're yeah. right. So, right. Yeah. so here's my perspective on pensions. Uh, you know, it, this is a problem the state has had. If you look back at even the constitutional conventions they had even before 1970, yeah. they were discussing this. Yes. We've known that this is going to be a certain a problem at a certain point. Um, 
there's two things. One, since 2011, we've had this second group of pensioners called Tier 2, which pay in a lot more, work a lot longer, and get a lot less. Uh, Tom and I are Tier 2. Uh, yeah. Anybody who started after 2011 are Tier 2. And what will happen is eventually there will be enough people in this Tier 2 group that they will prop up you know, the system in, in Tier 1 of people who started before 2011. It's going to take some time. The other point that Tom made about the pension ramp is correct. This is something that started in the 90s. And it said, hey, by a certain year, I think it's 2030-something, um, we're going to have caught up with you know our pension obligations. And every year we're going to pay a little more till we get there. Unfortunately, under Governor Boglovich, uh, they took what are called pension holidays, which is yeah. a really nice way oh, to my. say uh, we're not going to do anything we're supposed to be doing. Oh. And I'd point out every year, those teachers and firemen and everybody else, every paycheck, their percentage gets taken out regardless. They can't take a pension holiday, but no. the state of Illinois has done that. Um, that's a killer. No question, we can't do that anymore. That's that 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 that's off the table immediately. So, the the real problem is yes, once we have the the pension ramp get to to where it needs to get, and you have tier two people, our pension problems shall be alleviated. The thing to remember is to get the pension ramp that last year before it drops back down, it's going to be something like eighteen billion dollars of the budget is going to go to pensions. Right now, it's about seven and a half billion. Mm. So we're gonna have to either the, either the economy's gonna have to grow by ten billion to to make that proportion the same, or we're gonna make, have to make really tough decisions in the next decade or so because that's the money that's gonna have to come away from schools, roads, all yeah. things that we don't consider discretionary, but are considered discretionary under our constitution. Mm-hmm. All right, the amount of money that we can spend, we're losing options to do this. We're getting locked into more and more debt, et cetera. I do want to mention very briefly, the mayor of Chicago brought up the idea of a constitutional convention. Uh, as, as one possibility to dealing with the pensions. And I think we need to at least touch on that, too. I don't know how much uh, weight that's going to have, but when you have the mayor of, of Chicago bringing that up, I mean, there's there's some things going on there. Mm-hmm. So, the outgoing mayor, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> that's true, too, Brian. Who's <laughs> yeah, listening to Rahm Emanuel at this point? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're with uh, State Senator Scott Bennett, Democrat, State Representative Tom Bennett, Republican. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Good. Great, great. Uh, my main question was about, are you guys going to raise our car registration fees up to 500 or so, or are you going to force everybody to have GPSs on the car to help pay for infrastructure? But what I just heard you guys talking about now was horrifying, because I don't see how any of the pension debt's going to get paid off. Any, any idea? Well, Brian, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think what I was trying to say was, it's just going to, you're going to have, the economy's going to have to grow, and we're going to have to continue to let these Tier 2 people get hired and as the system goes on um i think a lot of it will will uh you know ultimately the 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 accounting will make some sense there's no question we have to talk about certain things about buyouts but you know so you could you can voluntarily go to people and say you know hey state troopers that retire in the early 50s right um are you can can you would you consider getting off the pension if we give you a cash a certain amount up front that would be constitutional but it would also be up to individual troopers to do that individual employees what the Supreme Court has said unanimously uh, what, three years ago, two years ago, was, no, when we say that a pension benefit can neither be diminished nor impaired once it's been promised, we meant that. Um, and so there's just not that many. I mean, constitutionally, it's it's pretty much locked in. Uh, I personally think it should be locked in. We have to make these, you know, I, I may not be the one that was skipping these pension payments, so these people before me, but... We're here now, and and we need to make sure that you know the 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 teachers and the government employees uh, who.
don't pay into Social Security, I would point out, um, have been expecting a state pension. And if we let them down on that, I don't know what the faith and credit of the state of Illinois would be worth. Um, Okay. Your last can I can I answer the thing about the uh, yes, the, yes, sir. Yes, the registrations? I saw this on social media. I don't the five hundred dollar registration tag. I, I I don't think that's a real thing. I think it's just something that people have been kind of putting out. There has been the discussion, and I think it was the editorial of the News Gazette this morning talking about um, raising gas tax. It's been at nineteen cents a gallon for state tax since like nineteen ninety. Um, they say, hey, we need to, we need to raise this because our, bro- our roads and our bridges and mass transit really need a lot of help, and that's all true. Um, there's some problems we have in the past. Uh, what was it? Three years ago, uh, they took about three hundred million dollars out of road funds and used it to pay for court reporters and, and jail guards and things like that. All important things, but that's not why we agreed to pay this the, the pump. Since then, they've done this um, this lockbox to say any money in road funds can't be used for anything else. Uh, so hopefully going forward, that's that's important. But they basically lost the whole construction year because of that and their, and mismanagement, frankly. Um, the question was, and this is raised in the editorial, okay, but if only the farmers or people that need work trucks are the ones paying at the pumps and everyone with an electric car or a hybrid basically is using the roads too but not really paying anything at the pumps, uh, how does that make sense? And then the suggestion is, okay, well, there's other things you can do. What other states have done is just do it by a flat mileage. So there's different ways you can do it. Uh, one would be a, a, you know, basically a, a monitor in your car that would decide how many miles you do. Um, that is universally unpopular, I think. <laughs> Nobody wants Big Brother watching them. Um, then the question would be, well, could you just pay a flat fee and say this is how many miles at the end of the year? What kind of audit can we do? Th- that's a conversation we need to have. But I, I tend to agree. I don't want people that have to use large vehicles to be the only one paying for the roads because there's a lot of cars out there that that uh, just don't use as much gas but still do a lot of damage to the road. So mm-hmm. we have to kind of figure out what our options are on that, and I, I think that's something we'll have to talk I, about this that, spring. That I do understand, but the trouble is, I mean, the thing is, there's not very many electric cars or hybrids out there on our roads. Most of our cars use gas. Even the small cars use gas. Even though they're more fuel efficient, they're using gas. Sure. Where's that mm-hmm. money going? How much is being pulled in already through car registration? I, I don't own a car. I have to rent my car from the state of Illinois every year when I pay my registration fee. Even though it's paid mm-hmm. off from the bank, even though I got the, the actual uh, buyout you know, okay. on it paid off, I still have to rent the car from the state every year. That's wrong. Where's that money going? And then I looked up and found out that 40, on a different on the pension part, 40% of our state education funds go to pensions. The way this state is ran, we're going to go bankrupt. And if you guys do raise the taxes more, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of the state. I can't, I can't afford to live here. All right. Hey, Brian, thank you. i got to move, sir, but thank you. Appreciate okay, it. thanks. Uh, all right, thank you. There have been people. The population's gone down. Yeah. There's a question there about, uh, from your guess, what Illinois policies are causing people in business to leave Illinois. We're up at 957, so... Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're, we know we're going to lose one congressional seat in the state of Illinois, and that's because of decrease in population. We may lose a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, I, I saw a chart here just the other day. It said how many thousands are leaving. 35,000. There's 35,000, but they're not all going south. They're going to Wisconsin. They're going to Michigan. They're going to Iowa. They're going to Indiana because there's jobs there and manufacturing and a better business climate. So we've got a number of things. But let me add just real quickly about, you mentioned about taxes. Scott talked about the miles tax, the potential tax on gas. Um, and I, I've heard Pritch, or, uh, Pritzker to mm-hmm. uh, mention both of those, but he's also looking at gathering other funds as well. He's looking at perhaps casinos, uh, horse track racing, some of those things as well. He's looking at uh, 
uh, again, the marijuana piece of this, the income from that. And I think he's looking to putting together maybe a major bill with capital uh, funds involved mm-hmm. that might be used for infrastructure, the roads, the bridges, maybe the schools, uh, the sewer systems that a lot of small towns have issues with. So uh, there's a, a lot of things, a lot of moving pizzas and, and, and barts there that we've got to mm-hmm. see where we, where we are coming at uh, come January 9th mm-hmm. or, or thereabouts. So you guys will be, uh, everything will start in the House and Senate Next week, Next and then the yeah. governor gets sworn in when the fourteenth. Fourteenth, he'll yeah. be in the following Monday, right? Following Monday, so we'll okay. actually have Governor Rounder for our inauguration, which should be super awkward, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll get through it. The last three years have been super awkward, so yeah. what's new? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, optimistic. I mean, I know that uh, yes. Governor Pritzker said he wants to do certain yeah. things. Yeah. Are you optimistic? We'll work with whoever is there. We've got to continue to do that. Uh, there's real needs in in all of the districts of the state of Illinois. The districts are different, and the needs are different in some ways, but all at the same time, they're consistent. We've got to find ways to help the economy grow. Yeah, I Not agree. I, I, the early steps the Governor Pritzker's done, I've been really impressed with. I'm on the ag transition team. Um, that's a real thing. You have, you have really you know, farmers, you have ag business people, you have yep. you know all over uh, Farm Bureau there. Um, and there's Republicans and Democrats alike. Yep. So I, I love the idea that, hey, no party has all the good ideas. Let's let's put our heads together and get out of the mess that, that the state has, has gotten into. And um, brighter days are ahead. All right. Hey, Tom Bennett, thank you. Brian, thank Scott you. Scott Bennett, thank Appreciate you. We'll do this again sometime. I'd love what do you fun. think? Huh? That's fun. Yeah, especially if we get into the meat of the legislature. That'd be uh, that'd be fun. So. That would be. All right. Tom Bennett with us, state representative, of course, in the House in Springfield. Scott Bennett, state senator. In the state Senate, and I know we just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg there. A lot more. We'll do it again sometime. All right, the news is next. WDWS Champaign-Urbana at 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody, again. Welcome. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Man, we had a great time with uh, Scott Bennett, State Senator, Democrat, Tom Bennett, Republican State House. Uh, They are related. Uh, Tom, of course, is uh, Scott's uncle. And I think I got that right. Yeah, Tom is Scott's uncle. Scott is Tom's nephew. Yeah. So uh, they were in here together, different sides of the aisle, different chambers. We'll do that again sometime. I thought that was pretty interesting. Learned a lot about uh, le- you know the legislative process, and I'm guessing they can always compare notes, what's going on in the House, what's going on in the Senate. Two guys who have been involved. Uh, Scott was a prosecutor here in Champaign County. Tom's been a professor. He's been on the trustees board over at Parkland. Uh, and so forth. So, uh, you know, a lot of good connections there between the two men and uh, good conversation, I thought. All right, uh, 356-9397. Had a question came in, and we didn't get a chance to get to it. I was I was looking at the clock going, oh, man, this there's not going to be enough time to get into this. Uh, I got an email that said, why are judges and lawmakers allowed 30 days to determine if they'll participate in the JRS or GARS retirement system, a choice not allow the members of other pension systems um, I asked them about that before they left. They said, actually, they get two years to determine that, not 30 days. And if a judge or lawmaker elects to not participate in JRS or GARS, what pension system do they contribute to from their earnings as a judge and lawmaker? And there's some, some Social Security things in there, too. So I don't quite understand all of that. But anyway, we'll have them on again. We can ask them that, too, at the time. 
Uh, got a text in, says, congrats to my Washington Huskies on a great season, as well as Ohio State. Ohio State wins the Rose Bowl late yesterday out in Pasadena. Uh, LSU Tigers and UCF Central Florida. Not the uh, be confused with South Florida that Illinois played earlier this year. This was Central Florida. They had not lost a game last year with Scott Frost, now the Nebraska coach. They had not lost a game this year until yesterday with Josh Heupel, former Oklahoma quarterback and uh, what Heisman Trophy winner, I believe, uh, was coaching them, and they, they lost yesterday to LSU. So congratulations to that. And the fuel tax uh, discussion, got a late text on that. They touched on that a little bit. Hopefully that answered your question on that in regards to fuel taxes. And, again, we'll do that again with those two gentlemen. I thought that worked really, really well. All right, uh, 356-9397. Just some open line time here in hour number two. I'll do the show tomorrow uh, on remote location from Bloomington, Indiana. We'll get on the team bus this afternoon and head over to Bloomington. And then we'll do the show tomorrow morning from Bloomington, Indiana, getting ready for Illinois basketball tomorrow night. 356-9397 is our phone number. Text line is 3515357. And you can email us at talk at wdws.com. Let's go to uh, Ken. Good morning, Ken. Yes, I just heard a advertisement for John Shemkus, and he's my representative. And I've been calling him for over a month, every few days, trying to get a response out of him. And he never responds. Hmm. He doesn't care what you think. It's ridiculous. When uh, I used to call uh, Tim Johnson, he or one of his representatives would call back in a few days. So he's your current representative? Yes. Okay. Uh, Boy, I don't know. Um what to tell you other than i don't know if the holidays had anything to do with it or or what but this started in november oh november well okay it wouldn't be that okay you know and what i've been calling him about is why he he never says anything about donald trump insulting american heroes and he just will not respond it's ridiculous hmm. so you've tried all the different ways to reach him huh yes yeah and every time his uh his people say, oh, he'll get back with you within a few days, and I never hear anything. Mm. Well, that's uh, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, regardless, I think, you know, I know there's a, those are busy guys, but they ought to be able to get some kind of response to you, I would well, think. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting a, a home visit, you know, yeah. or even a phone call. <laughs> right. But an email or a text or something like that is not expecting too much. No, I don't think. I agree with you. Yeah, an email of some sort. Hey, we got your request. We'll... You know, here's our response. I mean, that's pretty simple to do, I would think. He's worthless. That's the only conclusion I can draw. All right. Hey, Ken, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. 356-9397. Don't know how all that works. Sometimes things fall through the cracks. But if you've tried multiple times, then, you know, they ought to be able to get back to you on that. That's for sure. I don't quite get that one. All right, uh, the owner of MX Electric is Max. Max uh, Painter works on both uh, residential and commercial projects. And a free estimate is always given before he begins any project. They have 15 years of experience at MX Electric. And uh, Max, our friend there, has seen about everything. Wants to be the company you turn to when you're in need of electrical service. They look forward to working with you. If it's big or small, they say relax. Call Max. Don't worry about it. I know a lot of us are getting rid of the trees or unplugging all the electrical lights now as we move into January. 
Uh, if you have any electrical issues that cropped up during the Christmas time or New Year's celebration, certainly get a hold of Max. The number is 359-7293. And uh, you'll get a hold of Nikita, who will then get a hold of Max and get you all set up. They'll do big things, big projects. Some of the uh, buildings on campus, Taco Bell on Neal, some others they've been involved with. And they can install your TV. If you think, well, you know, that's kind of, why would I need help for that? Well, maybe you do. I do. I would. I'd need some help installing a TV on the wall so it doesn't fall down, you know? <laughs> Ceiling fans, bulb changeouts, retrofit, panel upgrades, etc. So get hold of uh, Max at MX Electric. Give him a call today. It's never that bad. It's easy to do, big or small, 359 72 93 is our uh, number there to reach Max at MX Electric. All right, uh, what's going on in Washington, of course? Lots to discuss there. Tomorrow, it uh, appears, I think this will happen, I don't think there's much doubt about it, but Nancy Pelosi will become Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C. Still have the government shut down. I've got some interesting stories I came across today on what is going to happen in the first few days of the Democratic-controlled House. But uh, some big plans there, but is it going to matter? Because the Republicans, of course, control the Senate. And so the shutdown is in the, caught in between all of that. And you've got, of course, the Republican president, Donald Trump. So uh, there's the mixture here for the next couple of years. And then, of course, they're going to start debating, and they're going to start campaigning. And so get ready. You ready for all of this? <laughs> it's coming in the next uh, two years, within two years. Every day, you're going to hear about it. Maybe not from me every day, but you'll hear about it from most places every day or TV every day or cable channels. If you turn those in, they'll get to it within a couple of minutes. All right, uh, Greg, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Brian. I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year to you, too. Uh, well, as uh, I kind of want to call and uh talk about a, a caller before had, had called and said something something along the lines of the president you know insulting heroes and stuff but i don't remember the outcry you know several years ago when dick durbin was calling our active duty troops barbarians and rapists and uh i mean i that's i i i don't see where the president's insult I, you know i'm a veteran myself and I haven't been insulted. I haven't felt insulted by one thing this guy said. Uh, and, uh, you know, on top of that, this deal with this uh, case going on right now with the Mueller investigation mm -hmm. and Flynn and the missing 302s. And, you know, it just seems like that's not getting getting any coverage. The missing three. I mean, this, this is the federal government, and they, they ham-handed this case. And the guy that uh, one of the guys that's on it, Andrew Weissman, he's a he's a. There's several been several instances of this guy's you know corruption. Uh, some of his cases have been overturned, and I just I I, I don't see how this case hasn't been thrown out. Uh, and I don't know I don't understand why it's not getting the the missing three o twos. I, I this is just ridiculous. 
Okay. And real but, quickly, give me what is the missing 302 because I'm trying to remember in the middle of all it of this. Was, it's the form the FBI fills out when they uh, do a, uh, oh, I don't want to say an interrogation, but an interview. And uh, the original interview with, uh, oh, with, with Flynn. Flynn. Okay, yeah, with yeah. Flynn. Well, okay. that that uh, that document's been missing, and it's because uh, Peter Stroke, the FBI agent who has been fired uh, or removed, whatever, uh, he was involved in that interview, and he broke the law. And the the Mueller team's been trying to sweep that under the rug. Yeah, that's and yeah. So now now I. Yeah, now I've 302 found, is gone missing. Yeah, now I found it. Yeah, I just Googled it. You're right. Yeah, I was trying to remember which case, who was that connected to, and you're right, it was Flynn. So. Well, it almost seems like they, they put so many barriers and obstacles, so many layers of, of, you know, oh, well, this and that and this and that, that by the time we get to the end, nobody's going to be paying any attention. Nobody's going to be interested. Everybody's going to be sick to death of it, which they pretty much already are. But, I mean, it just it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Well, I think we're going to hear a lot about impeachment. I'll be interested to see how far they go with that, how far the, the leaders of the Democratic Party want to go with it. Um, I know yeah, that the, a, lot, a lot of the members of the new Democratic House certainly want to do it. But well, uh, I think they painted themselves into a corner because that's what their voters want now. They've been saying the Democrats have been saying it for two years, and now that's what their their voters expect of them. So they well, painted themselves into a corner. And I think I th- think it's a bad idea. And I thought it was a bad idea twenty years ago. I, I thought yeah. when, when the Republicans did that to Clinton, I thought you're going down a rabbit hole that you're not going to get. I mean, it's just. Well, it's a waste. So it's it's a waste of time. I mean, because the Senate's not going to convict them, uh, yeah. either one. They weren't going to convict Clinton, and they're not going to convict Trump. And it's, I mean, it's just to raise money and to stir the political waters is all it's going to do. And but that's yeah. the world we live in right now. So, well, let's hope this is a better year than last one, Brian. All right. Hey, thank you, Greg. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yeah, looking forward twenty nineteen. Did you see the ball drop in New York? I was watching the uh, ABC coverage, Ryan Seacrest. Dick Clark, of course, hosted that show for years, decades. And I think Ryan Seacrest, uh, I think he does a really good job on live television. I just think he's really smooth. He comes across really well. Uh, I think they had, was it um, Jenny McCarthy, I think, was with him. I can give or take her. But um, I just thought their coverage was really good. They were going from... New York to Hollywood to New Orleans and I mean they were going all over the place and it was pretty seamless. I heard the NBC coverage was not as seamless. They had some issues from what I understand with their coverage, but just from a technical slash announcer slash host uh, format, if you watch the uh, ABC coverage, I thought it was really good. They didn't get moved along at a good clip. They didn't go off on tangents too far and they kept me interested. And as a consumer of uh, news and information and entertainment, I I liked it. So, Anyway, uh, we are at 1024. We need a break. We'll come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts. Just some open line time uh, time today here on Penny for Your Thoughts. I'll do the show tomorrow from Bloomington, Indiana. Get you ready for Illini basketball tomorrow night. Back after this on Penny.
All right, good morning. Brian Barnhart, Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. As we uh, join you today, 3569397. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Had uh, Scott Bennett, state senator, Democrat, and Tom Bennett, Republican, state house, on with us in the first hour. A lot of great conversation there. We've just been visiting. Uh, here on an open line here in hour number two. So if you have some thoughts on some things that uh, you want to send our way, you can certainly do that. It can be politics, it can be Illini sports, or it can be something totally different. That's the beauty of the uh, open line. Have you made your New Year's resolutions? Well, a a poll out reveals the most popular New Year's resolutions. Most of these are pretty obvious, but uh, 59% say they'd like to exercise more. Of those uh, casts, they also put down they'd like to eat healthier. Those kind of go hand in hand, I think. Save money. Lose weight. Weight, exercise, and eat healthier. Those are all three big ones, right? Reduce stress. <laughs> that would, That's a good one. Stick to a budget. Get more sleep. It's a good resolution. Uh, spend more time with family. That's a great one. Learn a new skill. I think that'd be cool. And uh, travel more. Those are some of the things on the list of uh, polls, they say. And also they say the uh, New Year's resolutions, if you make them, they found that, um, let's see, they analyzed more than 31.5 million online global activities last January. Found that uh, most people who made New Year's resolutions gave up on them by January 12th. (laughs) January 12th. Wow. Didn't even go that far, huh? Did you uh, make it? Any resolutions that made it past January 12th? I Mr. haven't Kaiser? made a new, new, new Year's resolution in, in a while, um, but to only make it to January 12th, or don't if you don't even make it there, boy, that just uh, kind of defeats mm. the purpose of even making one if you can only make it 12 days. And another poll said uh, for the last year, did you keep your 2018 New Year's resolutions? 4% say they kept them all. Oh, oh good for that. Good for them. Yeah. 8% say they kept most. 16% said they, didn't, uh, they kept some. And uh, 13% said they didn't keep any. And 54% said they never made any New Year's resolutions to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like unless you've got a really good system when you're making those, mm-hmm. if you just say, oh, I, I'm going to change this or that and don't actually like, lay out steps to do it, yeah. it's going to be over really fast. Well, that's what they say about you know losing weight. Oh, yeah. Trying to is you've got to do a lifestyle change. I mean, you got you got some things you got to change. Oh, hey, Christmas is over. I'm, I'm going to eat better. Well, you probably weren't eating very good before Christmas. I wasn't. <laughs> so. Well, I eat too much bread. I mean, I, uh, I love bread. I could eat yeah. bread all day long, but I guess I need to cut some of that out. At, so. at certain restaurants that we've both been to along the interstate <laughs> that I won't mention. It's a sponsor, though. But yeah. uh, that bread there is really good. Yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah, I eat, well, I, That's my excuse. I, I love the bread there. so I have, It's so amazing. I have to eat it. Yeah, so. so it's just like, and then I eat, my mom makes homemade cookies yeah. and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't not eat that stuff. Like, Chocolate-covered cherries and sugar cookies and, mm. you know, it's just like, I got to eat it. I'd have to. It's a requirement. <laughs> Not really, but you're sure. On a, you're on a seafood diet. I see it, I eat it. At Christmas time, yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael Kaiser with the news and more open line time today. We'll do the show tomorrow from Bloomington, Indiana. Here is Michael. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Penny for your thoughts, Newstalk 1400, 
DWS. Glad you're with us today. How's your new year going so far? A little slushy, a little sleety this morning. Had the salt trucks out early, working on the roads. We've been in the 30-degree mark here today. Glad you're with us. 356-9397. Let's see, rest of today, the uh, freezing drizzle this morning, a few flurries today. And again, today's high around 35, so not going to get a whole lot warmer. Make 2019 your year to improve your financial fitness. How's that for a resolution? Well, you see promises, the support and answers you need to give your budget and wallet a workout. Research reveals people who resolve to improve their money behavior at the start of the year get ahead faster than those who don't. That's from Time Money. Spend less, save more is number four on the top ten list of resolutions usually that people have. To avoid overconsuming in the new year, Busey suggests setting smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and trackable, taking advantage of tools around you with automatic deposit, outlining a budget, making a master plan. You need to consider tax planning, charitable contributions, college planning. Choose the right vehicle that's right for you. Retirement planning. Ensure your investment spending and saving strategies work together towards your goal. And wealth transfer. Preserving assets or take the pressure off your heirs. Don't just pledge to get physically fit in the new year. Give your budget and wallet a workout, too. For expert advice and solutions, visit Busey.com. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or stop by one of their many convenient locations. 356-9397 is our phone number. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515-357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Mitt Romney with a commentary in the Salt Lake Tribune today as he gets ready to be sworn in to the Senate from the state of Utah. That was in the news this morning. Also, there was a New York Times editorial says, Cleaning the Congressional Stables, the House Democratic Class of 19, planning a major push on voting, ethics, and campaign finance reform. H.R. 1, Comprehensive Package of Revisions to Current Political Practice, House Democrats looking to introduce in the opening weeks of the Congress, next Congress. All the details are still being hashed out. It says H.R. 1 will attempt to establish nationwide automatic voter registration, promote online voter registration, end partisan gerrymandering, expand conflict of interest laws, increase oversight of lobbyists, require the disclosure of presidential tax returns, strengthen disclosure of campaign donations, set up a system of small donor matching funds for congressional candidates, and revive the Moorbound matching fund system for presidential campaigns. This all in H.R. 1. Uh, Cheesy metaphors aside, central to utilizing any new universe is one of the package's boldest measures, a voluntary matching fund system to multiply the power of small donors. As the system is currently proposed, candidates would receive public matching funds at a 6-to-1 ratio for donations of up to $200 in exchange for abiding by a lower dollar limit on individual contributions, say $1,000 rather than the current limit of $2,700. One reason H.R. 1 can be so big and bold, it is mostly an expression of what Democrats would like to do rather than what has any real shot at moving through the divided government as the Senate expected to bottle up most of the legislation that might be proposed in the House. 
All right, 356-9397. Let's go to Ursula. Hi, Ursula. Good morning. Hi. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, uh, good old Comcast sent me a Happy New Year by increasing my rates again. Uh, they said the bill for January at my in my mailbox the end of uh, December, and they raised it by uh, $5.10. Well, it was only half of what they raised it last year, which was $10. And, I'm, I mean, you know, if I weren't so darn addicted to this stupid t- uh, boob tube, uh, I would turn it off. Uh, really, it, it just absolutely upsets me. I mean, it's ridiculous uh, to charge that kind of thing. Now they charge me $5.99 or something for sports channels okay i don't want them my husband wanted them desperately but he's gone so uh, i had to watch or go load up on books at the library while he watched every sports thing there was which was fine it didn't bother me but now i don't want those stupid channels that he couldn't get and i just soon have the choice of not you know having them deleted from my bill Mm -hmm. Uh, but I guess they don't do that. You you know do the package and whatever, and um, uh, it just is frustrating, really. Yeah. Well, I know, and I know that a lot of times upgrades are done on systems. It seems like at end of year, or it seems like over holidays. I don't know the exact schedule, but it seems like they're done. But uh, I guess there's always you know if you're um, with Dish or with Direct or with Cable, or you can always threaten to leave. I guess, and then sometimes they give you a better deal. Well, I don't like blackmail but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah i know i don't but you know and i don't want a hole in my roof or whatever by you know whatever but you know uh illinois not illinois bell what was it it was bell telephone company mm-hmm. was a monopoly and they broke them all up well comcast is pretty well there so i hope one of these days they splinter in, into little bitty pieces so anyway, yeah, I know that. I know there was today. there was talk a few years ago of you know a la carte, which mean you know they could you could yeah. pick and pick and choose what you wanted. But uh, and there's some of that I think mixed into some of this. But but anymore, you know, it's more it's beneficial for them to have you know oh, you get sure. you get everything. You're, you're so. stuck, you know, yeah. you're stuck. And and uh, if you well, you probably have been so busy with your sports uh, programs and everything. But you know, when you're stuck at home. Uh, you you know, there's nothing, everything was repetitious. I mean, they went all the way back, and some of these black and whites, I mean, were kind of cute, and I watched the cooking shows, and I watched, um, uh, oh, other things, but I can't stand these violent robot movies and all of this stuff, so, you know, and I watched W-I-L-L, which is one of my favorites, and your station, naturally, but that's not TV. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and at night, I was thinking about uh, getting a TV for my bedroom, which they tell you you shouldn't really do, it's not good. And so, uh, but then instead I listen to your station, and I get the someplace else, BBC, News World News, and then uh, I watch, listen to your station for the rest of it, and I've learned a lot of things. It's very interesting that you don't get on the regular news. But hmm. anyway, I'm going to let you go, okay? okay. Have well, a nice uh, day. Thank you, Ursula. Mm-hmm.
Bye-bye. Appreciate it. All right, Bye. stay tuned. I think we may have an answer for you. Rob, do you have an answer for her? Thanks. Uh, I just want to tell her the best thing to do is to go out to the uh, Comcast store at the mall and have them look on there and give her the best deal that she can get. Hmm. Okay. Don't call the Comcast people because they can't make the deals they can make right out there at the store. Okay, so they have a Comcast store at the mall or or somewhere else? Out at the mall, yep. Yeah. Huh. So yep, just out just, there by Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. That's where it is now. So just go out there and... Uh, just go out there and talk to one of them, take her bill with her, and uh, they can look through and find out how they can save her some money. Okay. Well, that's a good idea. She can tell them that she's, she's interested in potentially moving to a different uh, source to get her TV and... They'll work really hard to uh, do, give her the best deal they can get her. Yeah, the companies will never admit that, but I think if you do that, you know, you no. threaten to leave, then you can do it. So, Right, and that's what we did when we actually left. Uh, that When we went out there, they said, oh, you should have come here and talked to us instead of calling the uh, phone number to make a deal with the people on the phone because they won't give you as good a deal as we'll give you. Hmm. Well, that's very helpful. Oh, Thanks, okay. Rob. Sure. Appreciate that. All right. And another in response to the caller about Comcast, I highly recommend cutting the cord and getting digital antennas. You only get maybe five or six channels, but it's good programming for the most part, and it's free. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We were explaining uh, uh, to my uh, stepson, we were explaining, we moved into an apartment uh, last year. We were explaining to him that, yes, you, you know, just get an antenna on your TV. And he was telling us, and you know he's young and he just doesn't know, you know, but he because he's grown up with with cable and and satellite and everything. He goes, now you can't. There's no way you can't get TV over the air like that. And we're like, uh, you want to bet? Because <laughs> that's how we did it for a long time. Uh, but he was like, wow, yeah, this does work and it's free. That's pretty cool. Anyway, just generational, and not I'm not making fun of him. It's just interesting to me that you know what you grow up with is what you're used to, and uh, uh, we just we just found that kind of amusing. Got a good chuckle out of it. Okay, back to the uh, phones here, ten forty-seven to Stan. Hey, Stan. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, it's kind of a nasty start. Yeah, yeah. I was I got behind a salt truck today. That wasn't very much fun. Yeah. Anyway, I called to uh, respond to the guy that responded to my call last week saying that the military lived in a bubble. And he called back and said, no, they don't live in a bubble. They got all access to this, that, and the other. But that's, that's really not what a bubble is. And what he's saying isn't correct. If you go to Armed Forces Radio Network, they have... Uh, Two hours that they put Hannity on, an hour they put Limbaugh on, and and multiple hours that I'm not familiar with these people, but it used to be that they didn't have any liberal talkers. Mm -hmm. Now they've got Tom Hartman, and he's the only liberal talker that I know of on Armed Forces Radio Network, and it took a lawsuit about 10 years ago to get him on there. I'm trying to think and, of the other. I'm trying to think of the lady who's on, uh, who does a talk show too. That was um, a liberal talker, and she's on Fox sometimes too. And I can't think of her name, but she does a pretty good job. Stephanie Miller. Uh, maybe Stephanie Miller. That might be right. Yeah. Well, she's a uh, liberal talker. I'm, I don't like her as much as I do some of the other people because 
she's got too much uh, body function jokes in her stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I, and, and another reason that the uh, military lives in a bubble is because if you take a very conservative person and you put him in a uh, business setting where all of his teammates are liberals, that conservative will start turning liberal. And if you take a very liberal person and do the opposite with, he'll start turning conservative because they live in a bubble and they're subject to only so much information by some people that they either like or have to be get along with to, uh, to keep the job and this, that, and the other. But it's the same thing in the military, only it's way farther to the right. You have the, you have the, uh, oh, I hate to say it, but well, we, when I was in the military, we called them the, the Bible pounders. And you had the alcoholics, you had the lifers, and you had the uh, guys that uh, used drugs. And that took up 80% of the military. So, and, and now with so many people in the upper echelons of the military, namely flag officers, that are so far to the right religiously, it's a bubble. Yeah, I mean, it just absolutely is. Well, there's always the Internet, I think, so you can, you know, read some stuff there, too. All right. That's what the guy was talking about doing. Yeah. But that, that is a uh, different kettle of fish, and it usually is a situation where you're still subjected to the constant drumbeat of political talk radio, which is 90-some percent right wing. All right. Hey, Stan, i got to move to other callers, but thank you, sir. Yep. Appreciate all it. Right. Have, a, have a good day. 356. Be careful out there. Uh, morning, Brian. With all the new tax changes for the new year, could you get a tax expert on to explain all the changes? Yes, we could do that. I have someone in mind. We did that last year about this time, I think. And also, please consider having an imam and a rabbi on your station, either together or separately. I feel that will answer a lot of accusations by the local synagogue. And in response to the caller about Comcast, yeah, I recommend the antenna. Um, okay, we have, I think we have Donna with us. Hey, Donna, good morning. How are you? Hi, Brian. We don't, they closed our Comcast store here in Urbana. Oh, did they? And it's now called Xfinity. Yeah, okay. Goes by a different name. Which I yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I don't like my bill going up, but, you know, mm -hmm. I'll, I just, you know, I don't mind, but when it goes a little too high, then I mind. Is that uh, different yeah. from the, you say that the store was in Urbana, it's different from the one in the mall then? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah because the Xfinity store in the mall is what, when they close the Comcast store over here, it was going to be Xfinity in Urbana, but then they decided to open it out at the mall. So that's what that is. Okay. It's not Comcast anymore. Yeah, Comcast, Xfinity, yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay, okay thank you, Brian. Th thank you, Donna. Yep, great to hear from you. Quick break. Back with more. We have uh, Dave and we have Jim. And we've got some emails in, too. Back after this. All right, back on Penny for your thoughts here. New stock 1400 DWS. Uh, I Googled Armed Forces Network, Armed Forces Radio and TV just to 
and you can do this too, certainly. I just kind of went through uh, music programming there, classic rock, rhythm and blues, today's best country. They've got the Rush Limbaugh show, the Bob and Sherry show, Kid Craddock in the morning, Prairie Home Companion, Delilah, uh, back in 2005. Now we're going back a few years now, but Ed Schultz, a liberal progressive, was on there. Sean Hannity was added to the radio. Alan Combs was added. I'm still trying to find the current uh, programming and what they run. There's all kinds of different um, radio programs and stations, music, talk. Probably have to have Adam come in someday and just tell me what's on there since he was in the military. All right, uh, back to the phones here. Uh, this is is Jim. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, sir. Well, I'm calling in response to Stan here real quick. Uh, I, I agree. There is a lot of uh, conservative radio, a lot of, or as he calls it, right-wing radio out there. But I offer up, if there was, if the demand was great enough for the liberal talk shows, and if the liberal uh, mindset went over well enough with uh, radio listeners, they would probably have more shows if they would at least they would succeed uh public radio tends to have quite a bit of liberal uh shows on and uh public radio also is subsidized so they've actually got a plus there because they can uh, put something on that may not be real mainstream mm-hmm. and as far as the the uh, conservatives and liberals hanging together I do believe that there's a slight rub off on each other just because you're side by side with somebody every day. And, you know, you might warm up to a little bit of so-and-so's views or as you talk with them a little more and experience a little more what they, they experience. But I pretty much disagree with the concept in general. And I believe that people tend to be, a little more liberal at a younger age, and as we get older, we become a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, majority of the people. I'm not saying I know very few people that at a young age uh, were conservative, and as adults mm-hmm. become liberal. But I know a lot of people that I went to school with and grew up with that were pretty liberal are now conservative, or at least somewhat conservative. So that's just my view. Right. And, Thank you, Jim. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's all the time I have today. We go to CBS News in progress. Thanks for being with us in this last year. And we'll be tomorrow from Bloomington, Indiana. Go Illini. Talk to you then.